You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another fun episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. And my name is Rob. Thank you for joining us today. This is episode number 1004. So glad that you can join us. And uh, I got to say, I'm really impressed that you're here, Paul. Why are you impressed that I'm here? Oh, I thought you were going for the fist pound. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to well, set her down like this. You got no, one. I'm impressed that you're here because you're about to hit the road to a venue or, or an area that you love and uh, leaving here soon. Still got to pack and yet you're committed to uh, spending some time with our listeners, which I think is awesome. Well, you know, Rob, when you deeply care about what's actually going on in the industry that you deeply love to work in because it's fun, challenging, rewarding, you get to be outside in nature, so it's actually good for my health. Um, good community. You know, A lot of great yeah, folks. I'm going to fight for it. So Sweet. happy to be here as well. Happy to have you all here as well. Please, uh, if you if you appreciate some of the stuff you hear on here, please leave us a review and subscribe or give us a nice little thousandth episode birthday present and share the show uh, on social media. That doesn't mean share the show inside of the Drone You community. <laughs> I saw a couple people do that and I was like, Okay, that doesn't really help us. Well, I <laughs> mean... It was a good idea. Good, we'll take it. Great intentions. We'll take it. But, <laughs> but uh, it does absolutely nothing for us. Perhaps we could expand beyond that a little bit. That would be much appreciated, but it's all appreciated. I only blame myself. Poor communication and instructions. Um, but anyway, uh, we are moving on to today's episode talking about problems of flying certain aircraft in the heat as uh, it gets hotter and hotter around here. Um, there are instruction manuals indicate when you should uh, fly and when you should not fly. But this is another great example. This entire show is another great example why the FAA should not use the manufacturer's instruction manual as the basis for a maintenance guide or a pre-flight guide because there's a lot of information that's in here that's just like, you know, just, uh, just, you know, just go do that thing over there and it'll be okay because we sell more drones. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful about that. I think it's, um, I think it's, uh, so what is that about? Do you think that it's, uh, not being, being updated enough? Meaning I think they were best practices as per expectations. And now that there's a lot of data, that information is not being updated in accordance with the data. Because I, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't think they're trying to mislead people. They're just uh, not allocating resources maybe to updating that stuff. Maybe that's not important, but I'm curious because I always I like to think about intent. I don't know the answer to your question. I would give them the benefit of the doubt in any case, but I right. think that um, there's a huge language divide. Um, I don't think it's mm. at the top of their priority. It's not a direct line item of revenue. Um, when sure. it becomes pertinent and relevant as it will in the next six months for these things to be developed, as DJI continues to try to push UTC and all that propaganda about instruction and training. And I think that there's an analogy here, but I think I'm also going to refrain because, frankly, I think less is more in this case. So I'm going to say less and just move on to something that I enjoy talking about, which is... Hi, guys. Uh, this is Todd from Ohio. Um, you know, with the hotter weather going and, uh, you know, 
I know New Mexico is a lot drier than we are. But here in Ohio, we not only have the uh, 85 to sometimes up to 100 degree temperatures, we also have the soupy humidity. So my question is, you know, I know we talk a lot about the dangers of flying drones in cold weather and how to deal with that. Uh, One thing I haven't heard too much from anyone is flying drones in hot weather and the dangers that can come from that. Uh, especially with the batteries and, um, you know, how to deal with that, how to prepare for that. Because sometimes, too, especially if you're doing a job, you can't wait until September or for things to cool down to get that job done. And also, you know, the instructions in the DJI manuals tell you the the outside temperatures that you can operate the drone in. But never says anything about what the internal temperatures of the drone can be or what the acceptable temperatures are. And the thing I worry about the most, of course, is the is the batteries. Um, I noticed that even in after about five minutes with especially with the humidity out here, the batteries go quickly up to 40 degrees Celsius, which is right up to about 104 degrees. And uh, although, you know, with my Inspire 2 being as everything is kind of not really covered, the drone may stay fairly cool from what I can tell, but the batteries definitely get hot. And uh, with the Mavic 2, the batteries will show that they're getting pretty hot. And the drone itself uh, gets very hot. But I've asked DJI what acceptable internal temperatures are, what you know I should look for, and I really can't get a straight answer out of anybody. So anyway, I was just hoping you guys could touch on that. Uh, sorry for the long-winded question. Uh, thanks, and uh, enjoy you guys, and you guys are awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Todd. You are awesome. Thank you for taking the time to get your question in. And obviously, this time of year, a lot of people are thinking about what you're thinking about. And as a matter of fact, we just had uh, actually a couple things going on relative to flying and uh, operating drone you in the Phoenix of all areas, (sighs) what, a couple weeks ago. And I think it was probably 110. And I know that's different from the humidity side of things, but all nonetheless, the heat's the heat as it relates to flying, right? Yeah. So it sounded brutal. Sorry, I wasn't there. Um, 112 degrees was brutal, Rob. And when you're in some of these industrial sites and you have to wear PPE, and when you're in uh, fire-prone areas like Arizona and New Mexico, you have to wear all cotton as well. There's so many things that you have to do for the heat. Um, And I have to say, I don't understand how anyone lives in Arizona. Uh, I really don't. Like, it's a beautiful place. I mean, I, I'm going to Arizona tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, and I'm I going Friday. I can't imagine living there. <laughs> so it's a great place to visit. But, um, in fact, I go there all the time. But um, it's uh, it's hot, man. So, you know, he brings up some good questions and some good points. Um, I know the Phantom, or it was either the Phantom or the Inspire 1 in particular. I can't remember which of those two. Uh, They said, you know, don't operate the drone in over 105 degree temperatures. And I will say this, um, the Inspire 1 would handle the heat 
pretty well. It was the battery that always caused the problem. With the Phantom series, and in fact, PJ was out here in New Mexico, and he was flying some cell towers, and he had the same problem that I've been having. Um, and I actually know of many, 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 like dozens of pilots that have had this problem. But essentially, if you let the drone sit in the sun and it's over 100 degrees, so keywords, sitting in the sun and over 100 degrees, typically you'll get the, the picture will just go out. Mm -hmm. And I actually did a lot of research on this. And there's one particular, what is it called? Uh, it's one particular, I think it's the video transmission board that sits on the bottom of the aircraft. And the heat sink is literally super glued to the bottom of the aircraft. So when it gets super hot, it really, really, really doesn't, um, how do I say this? It doesn't dis... Um, dispensate the heat very well. Mm. So we get these... Because the it's sort of insulated in a sense. Um, well, I just don't think we're getting good contact with the heat sink and where it's supposed yeah. to be. But anyway, long story short is that you'll get a camera sensor error. Um, I have seen three drones drop. Actually, no, I can only say for sure I've only seen two drop out of the sky uh, in the heat. But I've never... Um, Hmm. I've always been so damn careful whenever I fly in the heat. My stuff is always in the shade. I mean, always. Like, literally, yesterday, Hoel had the Ronin S out on the table, and it was four inches from the shade, and I literally moved it into the shade. And he's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because every second is a minute of film we cannot do. Yeah. So, like, or a, a minute of film we cannot produce. I mean, the Sony was overheating. The Ronin was fine. It never had a problem. Um, it's just that my, when you become a drone pilot, you know, in fact, let me step back really quick. Rob, you remember that saying we were talking about on uh, pre-show about uh, discipline? I do. Would yeah. you mind repeating that for everyone? Uh, I think what you're referring to is that uh, instead of pursuing discipline, not that it's a bad thing, Pursue good habits. Yeah, that was a really poor way of communicating what you communicated really well earlier. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, so. Growth through honesty is what we believe in here on this show. Clearly. <laughs> no, you said screw discipline. There is no such thing as discipline because you create habits that create routines that build into systems. If you want to be a successful drone pilot, guess what? That's what it is. Is that right? Is that not right? No, I, I'm still laughing at uh, my failure. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm just a little aggressive today. That's all. I'm sorry, Rob. Today. Just today. Anyways. And tomorrow. No, but absolutely. It, it is definitely in terms of what you're saying about creating good habits so they don't even have to think about being disciplined because it just happens. But is that not right, though? I mean, I, what you were saying I is like that. you were essentially saying screw the whole idea of discipline. Well, but see, I didn't say it that way. That's what I heard. Well, I don't think that's quite fair in terms of what I meant. It's okay to hurt people's Let me put feelings. it this way. <laughs> it is not. No, I'm just <laughs> It's not okay. Oh, Girls and boys, no. Okay, hold on. Um, <laughs> no, 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 because I think there's there's always various ways to look at things, right? And in, in this particular issue, without getting too much on a tangent, it's going to take some discipline that in order to achieve those habits, Right. So I think they're married. I think the problem is focusing too long on being disciplined and never just letting that discipline kind of morph, evolve into habits that you no longer have to rely on discipline for. 
that's probably the a better way of saying all of that together. So I don't mean to poo-poo your point, but I want to make I mean, discipline is an important part of life, right? It is, but the way that I understood it was that discipline is essentially non-existent when you just decide to create these habits and always do essentially what you should be doing or the right thing. Um, because yeah. then the decision is no longer difficult. You're not making True. it all the time. You're not having this emotional freaking like little like spat <laughs> in your car, whatever <laughs> happens. That's Period. true. Once it's a happen, once <laughs> once it's, it's a happen, once it's a happen and habit, uh, then then discipline doesn't matter because it's it's not relevant because you just do it. So if it's a happening habit, does that mean it's fun? Uh, That's a question. We'll have to go to the uh, what's the uh, encyclopedia? Oh, Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Thank you. Whew. In Urban Dictionary. That hurt. Yeah, we're all hurting. We're ready for the 4th of July <laughs> holiday, which let me just go ahead and run through some more things that this guy should be uh, focused on because I just, you know, we've had more and more people who are coming to us for enterprise trainings and I am just absolutely flabbergasted. We had another one this last this last week, um, not when we were on set. And I'm watching these guys and the systems that they have, and I'm just thinking of, of like literally everything that can go wrong because when you have these systems of like the rules of takeoff, clearing out the area, you know, like there was just so many things, Rob, that like, for example, and, I, and I'm, I'm Josh Marriott, hope you're listening. Josh Marriott, super huge advocate of safety, like almost to the point of we made fun of him. I will never, ever, ever make fun of that guy, ever. You know why? Because <laughs> well, he's just a nice he, guy for well, one. he is a really nice guy to begin with, and he's a phenomenal person. Also, again, just want to say a big shout out and thank you to Innovative UAS in uh, Phoenix as well. But um, the, he's phenomenal because here we are on this huge industrial solar site, like three megawatts of power, not enormous, but big to most people. Um, long story short, you know, he's got the full PPE. They like close off the takeoff area, you know, warning tape, which by the way, warning tape also makes for a great belt when you forget yours in the field. Um, and <laughs> double you know, up. Yeah. Hey, I had to yesterday. So, um, they put the cones out there. They got the warning tape. It's all sanctioned off. Like no one come in our takeoff area. And yet we're in the middle of nowhere with nobody around. Yeah. Right. And you're like, well, why, why are they doing that? Right. Exactly right. It's a safety habit. But when we were on set, I was sitting here thinking to myself, and I'm like, I kind of wish Josh Marriott was here because there's 300 people around right now, and they're not doing any of this safety stuff. Mm. And like, it just all hit me. It's like, when it comes to safety and habits, you're not planning for what can go wrong. You're planning for what you don't know that you don't know that can go wrong. Absolutely. It's sort of another perspective on the black swan, right? What's oh, out there wow, that you're yeah. not even prepared for. Yeah. That oh, because I'm a worry wart. Please don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so in your experience in Phoenix, it sounds like you guys had some actual, I mean, it, it affected the work that you were trying to do. You had to let drones rest. Kind of what, you what have happened to all, out there? So, yeah, I mean, like, and I need to go back to the whole point of this question, but uh, when we were out in Phoenix, the drones had to be over a covered area. Um, this also brings up another great point about safety because, you know, uh, we tell people all the time, like, don't fly from vehicles, don't fly from vehicles, don't be sitting in your vehicle flying from it. But uh, Phoenix was the first time that, like, it was actually a bigger safety risk to not have that person in the vehicle because if the remote would have just uh, overheated and powered off, like, who knows what would have happened? I mean, I know when the remote turns off, it's supposed to go into return to home, but there's a huge, you know, we're talking like 800, 900 watts of irradiance off of these 
these panels, or excuse me, not off of the panels, but coming into the panels. So you're getting a lot of reflection of heat off the panels. It's 110 degrees. You don't know how these batteries are going to react when they're hot as well. So, you know, when it comes to operating outside, let's just talk really quick. If it's a humid environment, keep your stuff cold, but do not keep it by the air conditioner because the colder it is and then when you bring it outside, typically you're going to have a lot of, um, what is it called? Condensation. Uh, condensation on the lens. And it takes a long time to get all of that out. I mean, yeah, you can just wipe it off and everything, but it causes a lot of problems. So try to keep your equipment cool. Step number two is never put your equipment, um, like for example, if you're planning a mapping mission, do you think it's a smart idea to put your drone out there, turn it on, plan your map mission, and then start flying? No, 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 no. Okay, the drone is sitting in the sun, it's heating up. I've noticed that anything over 105 degrees, you're gonna have problems. But that also means real feel, 105 degrees. So like yesterday it was 101 in, uh, in Roswell, mm -hmm. but real feel was like 92. So, hmm. because lack of humidity. Um, okay. Now, that being said, um, if it was 101 and 80% humidity, real field would be like 120. Yeah. You know? So, to answer his question, I do not know the internal temperature, the actual number, but for me, anytime it's over 100 degrees, I am a, uh, and that's not the right word, I am um, a staunch advocate of not putting anything outside or under the shade. So, like, sometimes I even have my vehicle just running, and this is another reason to buy a full-size SUV and not one of those crappy vans, is that you can run air conditioning all the way to the back in the rear and literally be sitting on the back of the truck with the hatch open still outside controlling and oh yeah I've got air conditioning right. <laughs> running on my neck so uh, you neck know, and maybe a set of batteries back I, there I as well right? I think Ford should sponsor this damn podcast because I, I keep finding more and more reasons to buy another expedition and not a pickup truck and not a van like there's just so much value in those things but anyway going back to it when it's hot and humid outside you know here's something uh, another safety thing which is how many people do you know actually check density altitude before they fly Hmm. Uh, I don't know any. Yeah, me neither. And it's kind of pathetic. You know why? Because if density altitude is really low and it's really hot outside, you literally could have massive problems. Hmm. Like the bird literally dropping right out of the sky. What is the reality of a battery flaming up, exploding, anything of that nature that's pretty serious, obviously? Is that something that's... Is that why 100 is the cutoff or... Obviously no, I think you're actually having other parts overheating to the point where they're not working anymore. Right. I mean, I know, like, look, whenever you overheat an iPad, you always lose the video transmission signal. But DJI figured out something, and they made the crystal sky, and when it overheats, you just lose the ability to actually press buttons. But you still have the feed, so you can still mm. see what you're doing, right. and that's a critical safety uh, issue, you know? But it's also a critical safety issue when the iPad goes out and Ground Station Pro stops working, and now the drone is like off there floating and you're like, okay, well, time to bring it back, you know? Right. So, I mean, when we're talking about the heat, the heat can affect your tablet, it can affect your remote control, it can affect the drone, the camera sensor, um, the, the VTX, it can also affect the thermal sensors. So, uh, you know, one particular job that we were on, it took almost three hours to get these two particular thermal sensors to work because they were over, they were too hot. Hmm. So, well, so what I'm hearing though is that you just have to be diligent, but not fearful as it relates to flying in the heat. And obviously there are some thresholds that you're beyond 
what you should fly in. I, I, it's, it sounds like it's difficult to actually determine what that is. I don't know. I suppose somebody has done a lot of testing. I'm sh- but. I don't actually think anyone really has because there's also a huge difference between dry heat and humid heat, sure. um, especially as with as density our, altitude. But yeah. that being said, you know, like, let's just, let's talk about dry heat really quick. And what's my typical workflow. So yesterday was 101 degrees, like, you know, pretty hot. Pretty hot. Yeah. So what did we do? All of our gear was inside. The batteries were charged the night before every single thing that was electronic was inside. That way your cases are cold. If the cases are cold themselves, that will actually help you keep Mm. the batteries cooler, Mm -hmm. especially after they've been used. So what I do is everything is inside. It's all charged up. First thing that we do is we put all the gear in the truck. Truck is already fired up. It's running AC already. We're already, you know, you know, getting that to go. I also utilize, um, oh, we don't have one in here. Do you know what those little rags are called? It's almost like a car chamois. I know what you're talking about. It's just like a cool wrap thing. They yeah, call them yeah, different yeah. things like that. Yeah. So yesterday the Sony kept overheating and again, it's so dry that if we wet this thing, it doesn't matter. It's not getting anything dirty or, or uh, wet so that it's going to fail. But we wet the rag, those cool rags. I literally put it in a Yeti cooler with all the ice and get it as cold as possible and then put it on top of something because it acts like a swamp cooler. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a humid area, it's not, the effect is not going to be as huge. Sure. But that being said, so all the drones are out there. We go out there. We find out where we are. I typically park the car into the sun, okay? Mm-hmm. That way, my rear hatch acts as much of a tent as it can. I can't stand pop-up tents. They take way too long to set up. And whenever I'm filming a ranch, I don't have 20 minutes to literally put it away, take it out, put it away, take it out, put it away, take it out. Like, I'm hoping that someone comes, like maybe we should just put this on our idea page. Imagine a spring-loaded single shade structure that attaches to the top of your roof that literally you press a button and it goes whoop, and like literally just gives you eight feet of vertical, you know, travel, maybe five, six feet wide, but at least it's something and it's fast. Yeah. It's really fast. I like it. So Let's then what it. I do is I typically uh, have a couple tables out. Um, in fact, I will show you a beautiful little, uh, little picture here. Have a couple tables out. See, Rob, this is literally it. Like in a nutshell, um, I've got a little table, a big table in the cooler and I literally chill in the back there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Pretty simple stuff. Yeah, whenever and you can move around quickly. That's kind of the idea, right? Because you're, if you're doing a ranch in particular, if you're doing something that's a large area, then you need to be able to pick up and move quickly and not make a big deal out of setup. Yeah, the largest ranch I've covered in a single day was twelve thousand acres, and I really don't think I did a good job covering it. So I would say the best job that I've done covering a single ranch was like seven, eight thousand acres. And yeah, you're moving every hour, right. pretty much. So we need to go back to this workflow because there's a couple of key steps here that are extremely important. And we were talking about uh, in our enterprise stuff about specificity on the webinar and the SOPs, which I didn't even really get a chance to really go over that well was the fact that, you know, you've got to literally walk outside, leave your car. You know, everyone gets so freaking excited. Like we're all children. And like, I love the excitement. I I love everything. But you like, if you're going to be successful in the drone world, you need to learn to like be excited and have fun, but also be very systems oriented. And if you can't do those two things together, then I'm sorry, you shouldn't be a drone pilot. So moving on, you know, we go out there, I get out of the car, I put the tables out there. And then what I do is I plan my flight. Like literally, okay, I want to do a little upper reveal over here. I want to do a vertigo shot really low to the grass over here. Okay, I'm going to need the Mavic 2 Enterprise for that. So I plan out all my shots. Then I fire up the remote and my um, 
crystal sky first. Whenever I'm doing just video and photos, I'm pretty much always using a crystal sky because it's so hot. Um, a cooled like iPads don't work for me. The iPhone 10 has a terrible overheating issue. So I'm actually excited to get the iPhone uh, XS because it doesn't have as much of an overheating issue. So planning your flight first is so critical. Fly it, put the drone back, like literally um, in the car, not right in front of the AC, doesn't need to be right there, but just in the car with the battery tray open. That's also extremely important. You put that hot battery away immediately, put it, you know, uh, what is it called? Put it in your bag. Just make sure it can get some air as well. Maybe not put it all the way in the slot, mm -hmm. but just enough and make sure that that bag is inside the vehicle where it's staying cool. Okay. Like people really don't understand like the depth at which you need to take this stuff sometimes in order to work. This is why only the serious pilots literally get the best jobs is because they're safety focused, they're systems focused, they're also able to be creative, and they're also able to handle complex situations with extreme emotional intelligence. And if you want to be like that too, guess what? You can. It just takes habits because I'm not like that. Like you guys know that it's taken me years to get to this point and I'm still working on it. We all are. Yeah, no, absolutely. But so the thing is, this is very doable, right? It's just a matter of uh, focusing on, on the important things and, and making them happen. I mean, I don't think anything you've said is super complex. It's just a matter of taking the time to systematize and make sure you do everything that needs to be done. True. Right. True. Well, on that uh, on that bombshell, that's going to do it for us today. Um, for everyone, um, happy 4th of July. If you made it this far, there is a current drone you discount for July 4th. Rob, what is it? Well, we're going to do, let's see, I don't remember the numbers, 15% off. Paul's not going to like this because he doesn't know yet, but I think we want to uh, reward Better people. find someone to teach it. For so <laughs> I already did, PJ. <laughs> Um, <laughs> PJ, you're fired. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> we just signed the contract. Yeah. No. <laughs> Anyways, 15% off an in-person class, and that is not going to last long, guys, and that is the best discount we've ever given. And, it's not going to last. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, like, once but I get then, back from vacation, it's done. <laughs> yeah. No, that's actually true. It's We're, we're going to hold it open until Sunday, which would be the 6th. So Sunday at midnight, mountain time, mountain time, mountain time. And then also an annual membership. We're going to drop that a hundred bucks off of the normal cost. So that's a pretty great deal to become a part of DroneU and really experience the community for a full year and uh, sort of absorb it and then be a part of it and, and contribute to it, which is so very important. We don't want to be a bunch of takers. We want to be a bunch of givers and then the taking happens naturally. So Hope you'll join us and we'll have information in the show notes as to how you can take advantage of those sales. Definitely. Thanks again for joining us, guys. We'll see you in the next show. Thank you for supporting us. Seriously, please leave us a review. Cheers. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. 
We are the Drone Youth.